Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Welcome back to Christian Life Church Online. We're really glad that you've joined with us again. And it's always a privilege to have you part of our Sunday experience as we worship God and as we look into God's Word. Now, last week I was talking to you about the why of the church. Why does the church exist? Why did Jesus uh, come and die for us? And, and we established that the why that Jesus gave the church was to go and make disciples of all nations. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 again today and ask the question, how do we get there? How do we get there? Go and make disciples of all nations. That's the great commission that Christ has given to the church. It was his final command. Now, there are many other commands that Jesus gave, gave to us. He said, love one another, forgive one another. He said to be kind, to have faith, uh, to be holy. And oftentimes the church believers, followers of Christ, stumble over this thing called the, the Great Commission. And, and we may pay more attention to some of these other commands, you know, to be loving, to be forgiving. And at times we may not be sure how to deal with this command, this, this great command, this great commission to, to go and to make disciples of all nations. How do we fulfill it? Well, we've, we've adopted all kinds of ways to fulfill it. Uh, we plant new churches. We build buildings. We, over the years, have established programs and ministries. We have done things like meeting needs. We've taken up different causes. We stood against things. We stood for things. But there's four simple words that Christ gives to the church. Go and make disciples. Well, one of the best examples that we have on how Jesus did that, and he actually modeled it with his 12 disciples. Jesus actually knew how to establish a lasting witness and how to entrust what he started to other people so that every generation for the next 2,000 years would be able to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came as a babe in a manger, lived, he died on the cross, and he rose again, and he's provided for every one of us eternal life by believing in Jesus Christ. Every generation has heard that message for 2,000 years. And Jesus actually entrusted this message 
to that first group of 12 disciples that he walked with in his three short years of ministry. Now, each generation has gone about it differently. Believers in various parts of, of, of the world have, have put the gospel into their own context. And the church has adapted over the, over the centuries to shifts, to changes, to challenges. They have adapted to, to persecution, to oppression, to, to being closed down, to being supposedly wiped out, to, to being imprisoned, to, to having great freedom and, and ability to, to preach the gospel. The church has always adapted and shifted and changed as needed. Well, the history in Canada goes something like this. When we were building towns across the country, across North America, oftentimes the first building that would be built in a community was a church. And that's where people would come to worship. It would be where the community would come to gather. And then we went through, uh, for the last 100 or 200 years, mass evangelism campaigns. I think of, of guys like... Um, George Whitfield, we think of the, uh, the Wesleys, and uh, Billy Graham, the, the greatest evangelist, uh, reached more people, I think, than anybody in the history of the church. So mass, mass evangelism was a, a huge thing. We established ministries, bus ministries, camp ministries, radio, television, Sunday schools, boys and girls programs. We've done all of those, those things over the years to to spread the gospel. And then, you know, about 20 or so years ago, we, we saw things begin to, to shift. And some programs were, were dropped. Volunteers kind of thinned out. And there was now a, a greater emphasis on, on being seeker-sensitive. Services became very very well produced and, and in some situations very slick, very polished. There was the, the beginning of the mega church. And the gospel has shifted from the, the cost of following Jesus to the benefits of following Jesus as consumerism made its way into the church. It really hasn't played that well. Over the past year and a half, our structures, our methods, They've all been challenged, and they've had to change. We've had to go online. We've had to pare things down. We've been in this re rebuilding and refocusing stage, and, and, and we're still not done. We're not out of the woods. Don't really know where we're gonna land at the end of the day. But what is to be the constant for the church? What is to be at the core of the church? We know that obviously methods are not what matters. They are just a means of getting the message out there. But they're not the mission. The mission, the purpose of the church is what we want to look at. Now let's look at how Jesus did it. He made disciples. Well, how did he do that? Well, he took these 12 guys and he made demands on them. He actually put expectations and demands on their lives. There was, there was a cost involved for these guys to follow Jesus. 
So he made demands, first thing. It's interesting to note that, that Jesus chose these 12 people and they were imperfect. <laughs> these were not, you know, the cream of the crop leaders. You know, he didn't go to Harvard and say, well, give me your best students. Oh, no. Peter. <laughs> Peter, this, this, this tough, rough, impetuous, competitive, at times violent, at times doubting, compulsive, sometimes obstinate. It's one of his, one of his best picks, Peter. It was oftentimes misdirected. Simon and Andrew, Matthew chapter 4, 19, Jesus talks to, to these two guys. He says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they left what they were doing and they followed James and John. He called them too. And they left their boat and their father. And they followed Jesus. He made demands. He, he made it clear that they were going to leave what they were doing and they were going to come and follow him. He talked about the cost of, of following him, him. Jesus talked about it. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 to 22, a teacher wanted to follow him and another disciple wanted to go with him. And he put him off. To the one he said, I'm homeless, got nowhere to sleep. And to the other, he said, don't wait around for your father to die. You're going to follow me? Come now without reservation. Jesus made it clear that discipleship came at a cost. It came at a price. And he didn't promise these guys that, that it was going to be comfortable. He didn't promise it was going to be easy. He didn't say, you're going to prosper. You're not going to have sickness. You're not going to have any issues. No, he said, come and follow me. In fact, it was a call to lay down their lives and to leave their old life behind. Jesus made demands of his disciples. And here's the deal, friends. You're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. There's a demand on your life. It's not an easy thing. And you cannot be a disciple of Christ effectively without recognizing that there's a cost to following Jesus Christ. Second point here is they spent quality time together. They did life together. You know when Jesus did the miracle of feeding 5,000? They were there. When he walked through fields, they were there. When he was calming a storm, they were there. When he was walking on water in the midst of a storm, rescuing them, they were there. When he was eating with tax collectors and sinners, guess who was with them? Discipleship took place in the midst of life happening. And that, I think, is a little bit different than what we've got going on today where discipleship tends to be program-driven and when we come to church on a Sunday morning. 
The fact that you're joining with us today online really paints a different picture because it's really coming clear to us that discipleship is not something that means we go to church. Discipleship takes place in the midst of life happening. And right now for us, life is happening. But we're still called to be disciples of Jesus. They learned to walk as Jesus walked. And as Jesus walked and talked, they listened. They watched him. And they did what he did. And that brings me to the third point. They did what Jesus told them to do. <laughs> they, they just simply obeyed him. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 16, it says that, that he instructed the disciples to give the 5,000 people something to eat. And so the best that they could come up with was um, five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus, okay, you know, go feed everybody now. 5,000 people. Well, that's actually, it's probably 10 or 15,000. If they were just counting the men, there would be women and children there. And so they did it. They did it. He said, do this, and they did it. And sometimes being a disciple of Jesus is just simply doing what Jesus tells us to do. Pray for the sick. Okay, I'll pray for the sick. Believe God for healing. Okay, I'll believe God for healing. Believe God for, 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 for provision, okay. You know, for open doors, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll believe you for that. And, and then it says, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. And calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over impure spirits. Mark chapter 6, verse 6 to 7. So what did he do here? He empowered them, he entrusted them, and he expected them to produce, to do what he told them to do. He expected them to do what he told them to do. And that's what it is to, to be a disciple of Jesus, to do the things that Jesus tells us to do. Number four, he spoke hard truths to them. Jesus was not, as, as they say, he was not a pillow prophet. Jesus was pretty hardcore. When, when Jesus was speaking of the fact that he was going to die, that he was going to be crucified, Peter actually had the gall to rebuke him and say, Jesus, don't say that. Don't talk about that. It's not going to happen. Jesus was pretty hardcore. Turn and he looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Well, that would kind of reduce you a little bit. It would kind of knock you down a few notches. But that's exactly what Jesus did to Peter. Actually called him Satan. Because he wasn't speaking for God. And then in, math, in Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 45, here's the, the disciples jockeying around in their little power trip, looking for you know, position, prestige. That's pretty much human nature, isn't it? To, to want to be recognized, to, to be popular, to have power. So James and John are wanting to be one seated at the right hand and the other at the left hand of Jesus in his glory. This was nothing more 
than a power grab. It was nothing more than a grab at authority. It was anti-everything that Jesus taught. And so Jesus nails them with this truth. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. So you guys want to be number one and two? You're going to learn how to be a slave first. You're going to learn how to be a servant first. Because that's not what my kingdom is about. My kingdom isn't about you becoming famous. My kingdom isn't about you grabbing power. My kingdom isn't about you becoming the most popular guy on the team. It's about you becoming a servant. And Jesus' ultimate goal was not our leadership, but our servantship. Well, what's the application of this? Where do we find ourselves? Jesus made demands on his disciples, and he expected loyalty, devotion, and commitment. And I would submit to you that in 2022, this is still a mark of a Jesus disciple. How do we do with Christ's commands? How do we do with his demands? Are they too much? Are you all in? Because you know, Jesus didn't have room for, for guys to kind of trifle on the outskirts and kind of dip in and out. He called them to be all in. He called them to take up their cross and follow him. In other words, he called them to die for him. He didn't offer them comfort. He says, I don't have a place to sleep. He said, I got a, a rock for a pillow. So follow me. Follow me. Are you in? Or is it too much? And then they spent quality time together. You know, one of the things that's become really popular in the last number of years, it's nothing new. Like, if you're doing this, it's nothing new. If you're sitting around saying, well, I'm, I'm deconstructing my faith. I'm rebuilding my faith. I'm trying, trying to detoxify myself. Well, if your deconstruction and your rebuilding and your detoxing is separating yourself from other believers, from the body of Christ, it's usually code for somebody hurt my feelings so I'm going to go solo and I'm going to leave the church. Well, that is not how Jesus wants us to grow. He's calling us to be in relationship. And it's going to be hard. And you're going to get hurt. And your feelings are going to get hurt. And people are going to say things to you that, that may offend you. But I have a feeling that there were times when the disciples had to walk away and lick their wounds too and process some of the hard teachings of Jesus. Because much of Jesus' teaching and attitude and, and was on attitudes and actions. And, and, and it was bound to offend somebody. We know that he offended people. But his objective was not to be popular. His objective was not to make friends. His, objection, his objective was not to make people comfortable. It was to reconcile people to God. To save them from their sins. And you know what? Please forgive us. Because there are times when the church gets it wrong. There are times as human beings that we say things that are dumb. We do things that are hurtful. And we may cause people to, to, to experience pain that God doesn't want you to experience. 
let me invite you back in. Let me invite you back in to relationship with the body of Christ, where you can be loved, where you can be encouraged, where you can be in relationship. You don't have to go this alone. If deconstructing your faith means you're isolating yourself from other believers, that part needs to change. You need to be in relationship with people. Discipleship is done most effectively in community with other people. You see in, New Test in the New Testament, when we look in, in the book of Acts, it says they were all in one accord. And it talks over and over again about how they gathered together, how they met, how they met together. They were all together in one place. And you can be saved, but to experience true discipleship, you need to include other people. They did what Jesus did. They did what Jesus told them to do. He empowered them. He entrusted them. He sent them out two by two, not alone. Not alone. What's God asking of you? You know, he spoke hard truths. He addressed bad attitudes, wrong motives, wrong teaching. He addressed pride. He didn't let things slip. He didn't let them pass by. Discipleship is hard work. Discipleship is uncomfortable. Discipleship is costly. Now, last week I talked to you about why. Why the church? Why are we here? Why do we exist? The why is to make disciples of Jesus. But this is about how. About how Jesus wants us to fulfill the why in 2022. And this is a hard look at how we will begin to fulfill the why. How will we make disciples? Hey, come with us on the journey. We're going to be offering some, some means and ways of, of growing in your faith in 2022. We're going to be offering some stuff in line, God will, in, in person, God willing, as long as we're able to, discipleship. And we're also going to be offering some uh, material online, in addition to what we do on Sunday morning here. We're going to make prayer and seeking the face of God a real priority. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for you. We're praying for revival. We're praying for people to come to Christ. We're praying that we would be effective witnesses. And we want to focus on the why. Why are we here? And we invite you to join with us on that journey. I want to thank you for joining with us today. And, and if you haven't yet made a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ, he loves you. He cares about you. And yeah, it's a challenge to follow Jesus. It's the biggest challenge you'll ever undertake, but it's also very rewarding. You get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. Jesus gave his life for you. And he wants to make a difference in your life. You can simply pray, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive my sins. That's where it starts. But Jesus wants you to be his disciple. Jesus wants you to follow him. Be like him. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.